The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him, In every generation, he has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. It's a joy to be with you all this morning. All of our empty pews in the front, like something good's going to happen up here, I think. But it's good to see all the full pews in the back. So today we celebrate the Feast of the Assumption, and, and we commemorate the fact that, that Mary, at the end of her life, was assumed body and soul into heaven. Right? At the end of her life, she was assumed body and soul into heaven, which means that she experienced the, the resurrection of the body ahead of time, you know, ahead of time. Like at the end of all of time, right? At the end of time, all of us will rise again from the dead. We say that every time we pray the creed, I believe in the resurrection of the dead. But Mary gets this privilege of, of experiencing that ahead of time. And just like when she was conceived in the womb of her mother, she experienced the grace of the cross ahead of time. That she was conceived without sin. And the graces that flow from Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection were applied to her life ahead of time. And so we hold that Mary is to be held in great honor, right? We don't worship her 
but she does receive the highest honor. And in the book of Revelation, that, that is also kind of an interesting thing that's pointed out by the author when he says, God's temple in heaven was opened and the Ark of the Covenant could be seen in the temple. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet. And, and the church is always held that Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant. She's something better than the Ark of the Covenant. That the Ark of the Covenant from the Old Testament, it, it held within it the, the manna that God fed the people with in the wilderness. It, it had in it the rod of Aaron, the great high priest. It had the tablets that the Ten Commandments were written on. But Mary carried within her the true bread that came down from heaven. Jesus, the great high priest. And Jesus, who is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so it's good to meditate on that and, and the role that Mary played in being Jesus's mother and the bond that forms between them and the bond that forms between them and the sort of union of hearts that they had and and it is that union of hearts that draws Mary to Jesus at the end of her life. So that now there are two hearts that beat in heaven. Right? There are two hearts that beat in heaven. Jesus' resurrected heart and Mary's heart that was assumed into heaven. And sometimes when we reflect on these privileges and the great honor that the Blessed Mother has, like, like sometimes it seems like something that's like so far beyond us, you know, that it just doesn't seem like real. And, and oftentimes I know in my own life and in my spiritual life, when I would hear like people say things like I'm saying right now, I, w I would think to myself, yeah, but like she's conceived without sin and that's not me. You know, like I have sinfulness and I have concupiscence. And, and when people say, like, you need to be like the Blessed Virgin Mary and always say yes. And then I always say, like, well, it's easy for her. She didn't have original sin. And, and so it's hard to say yes. But, but something that our Lord has really, like, revealed to me lately and, and just an area of growth in my own life has been to recognize that, that Mary like was conceived without sin, but she still reveals to us the way to say yes. And, and when she goes to Elizabeth and Elizabeth says, blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the angel would be fulfilled. You know, Mary responds to that. And, and Mary doesn't say like, of course I believe because I was conceived without sin. You know, like her answer is not like, yeah, I, I was able to believe because I was preserved from original sin and I don't have concupiscence like you do. No, but rather she says, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. The Almighty has done great things for me. The Almighty has done great things for me. And, and Mary recognizes the great things the Lord has done for her. 
He has shown the strength of his arm and scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. And Mary recognizes that that everything that was done in the Old Testament for the people of Israel was done for her. That everything that our Lord has done in the history of salvation, he did for each and every one of us. And so when he scattered the proud in their conceit and cast down the mighty from their thrones, when he led the people of Israel out of Egypt and the Red Sea crashed in on the Egyptians, Mary recognizes that that was a gift that was for her. And because the Lord has done such great things for her, she can trust him completely. And there's another side to the fact that she's conceived without sin, which is that, you know, with great gifts come great responsibilities. And, and an interesting thing about sin in our own lives is that sin takes us out of relationship and, and in a really real way, sin kind of kills empathy. Like sin kills empathy. When I'm, when I'm kind of walking with somebody who's enslaved to sin and trying to help them be free and they start to be free, one of the, one of the things that everybody says is, like, Father, I'm having these things called feelings and I don't really know what to do about them. You know, like, like I'm having feelings now and, and I have to like figure them out. And, and we start to feel other people's feelings and, and we start to have empathy and, and, and we kind of realize like, oh, wait a minute, I have been super selfish and I didn't even realize it. Like I've been hurting people and I didn't even realize it. And, and, and we kind of grow in empathy. And so that means that Mary, who is conceived without sin, has perfect empathy that, that when she encounters another person, she, she's able to know them at an incredibly deep level. That Simeon says to her, your heart to a sword will pierce. And, and that means that as she looks upon her son and his suffering, that she, in her empathy, feels everything that he feels. And that means that when our Lord said to her, behold your son, and when he said to John, behold your mother, and when G Jesus gave us all Mary to be our mother, that means when she looks on us, she feels what we're feeling. And she's attentive to us. And that she knows us completely. She can know us completely. And oftentimes, you know, the most difficult times in our lives are when we feel like nobody knows me or we don't feel heard and understood or we don't feel like people get us and people don't notice how hard we're working or people don't notice the suffering that we're going through. And, and when Mary looks at us, she sees all of that. She's attentive to us. And so rather than, than looking at, you know, Mary's gifts and Mary's privileges and, and thinking, like, oh, she's like, I, I can't understand what that would be like and I can't relate to her. Like to understand the flip side of that is she can relate to you perfectly. And she knows what you need. 
and where we're willing to, to sort of surrender to that, she becomes an incredible gift to help us to grow in loving and being loved by her son. You know, like in my own life, you know, I've had a hard time with, with a relationship with Mary and, you know, I've, I have friends and religious sisters especially and they would say something like, Father, Mary loves you so much and I'd just be like, shut up. Like, I, okay. And it was just hard for me to take because I've had experiences of people that, that just didn't love me well in the past and, and my heart wasn't quite open and, and, and it was really the last two years on retreat that I, I was like, okay, I'm going to like get to know Mary. And, and, I, and I just had this experience on my last retreat and, and, uh, and I was praying over the wedding feast at Cana and, and sort of in my prayer, like I was sitting around with the apostles, like, like listening to their stories and, and sort of asking them like, like, how did you end up at this wedding? And they were talking about how they met Jesus and Jesus called them and, and then they asked me, like, how did you end up at this wedding? And I was talking about, like, how I met Jesus, like, back in high school. And, and, um, and then I noticed just, like, Mary just watching this conversation take place. Like, like, she wasn't really directly involved. She was just noticing. She was just noticing. And, and then when she goes and asks Jesus, like, like, they don't have any more wine, like, really what she's saying is, like, we need to extend this party because something really good is happening over there and I don't want it to end. Like, they need to finish this conversation. Like, she was just sort of attentive enough that, that I would get what I needed there, like, to kind of extend that timeline. And, and it was just, you know, kind of something I experienced in my own prayer. It's also what many kind of private revelations say about Mary is she's sort of always asking our Lord to be more patient to give us more time to have conversions, to give us more time to get to know him, to help our hearts to be like her own heart. And so today as we celebrate this Feast of the Assumption, let's pray for the grace to, to truly have grateful hearts as she did and to recognize the great things that the Lord has done for us. That living in gratitude will help us to say yes to our Lord always as she did. That we also remember that in, in our own difficulties, in our own struggles, and in our own pain, that, that Mary is capable of knowing us completely. She's capable of comforting us. She's capable of giving us the things that, that maybe we're not receiving from, from others. We pray that through imitation of her love and her being loved by our Lord, that one day at the end of our lives and at the end of time, we will be where she is as each of us experience the resurrection of our own bodies and that eternal wedding feast that takes place in the kingdom of heaven.